Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. How you doing, folks? This is Joe Zagorski with the next installment of the Pigskin Past. Tonight's uh, subject is a little bit different. I decided to try something different because um, something happened uh, recently that just sparked something in my mind in regards to the NFL and the current state of the NFL. But on June the 7th of this year, 2020, two very good pro football players, former pro football players, passed away. That's not news. Uh, The players from my era, the ones that I enjoyed growing up watching, uh, it seems like a different one passes away almost every week anymore. And it's certainly depressing and disheartening, but that's, that's the way it is. If my ancestors succeeded in dying, I will too, and eventually all of us will. Uh, but anyway, uh, neither Ken Riley or John Zook ever received a whole lot of notoriety during their pro football playing careers, but they were symbolic of the many great men who donned a pair of shoulder pads and a helmet during the 1970s in the NFL. But Riley played 15 years in the NFL, from 69 through 83, and all with the Cincinnati Bengals. He only missed 15 games during his entire career, and as a defensive back, he intercepted an incredible 65 passes. That was in an era when quarterbacks were handing the ball off a lot of times and not throwing it. Interceptions are the measuring stick of uh, all defensive backs, it seems like anyway. Yet Ken Riley, uh, known for his outstanding play all across the NFL landscape, is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, when you have lesser defensive backs, such as Ty Law, Champ Bailey, Kenny Easley, and Brian Dawkins, that are in the Hall of Fame, that is what's known as a travesty of justice, at least in my opinion. Now, John Zook, his stellar pro football career lasted for 11 years. He played uh, for two teams, most notably the Atlanta Falcons from 1969 through 1975, and then the St. Louis Cardinals from 76 through 79. He, like Riley, is not a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, even though his standout play throughout his career was pronounced by many. Uh, Up until his final year in the league, he only missed three games. His ability to stop opposing running attacks was not just steady, but it was often spectacular. And a big reason why Atlanta had a good defense during the entire decade of the 70s stemmed from Zook's penchant for zooking his opponents on pass plays. He stood six foot four and weighed 243 pounds, but he was a relentless pass rusher from the defensive end position, often receiving double team blocks from many offensive tackles and tight ends, not to mention the offensive guards and fullbacks coming out of the backfield. Okay, he was a great player in my opinion. Now, I mentioned both Riley and Zook on this show not so much because they happened to pass away on the same day, 
but because they were representative of two of the many former players who never received the just notoriety or appreciation that they deserved from the league while they were playing, and of course in deeds afterwards. You can just ask any offensive coordinator during the 1970s what they thought of these two men, and their answers would undeniably be that they were two guys that were a pain to deal with because they were so good at their positions. Riley, he only stood 5'11", but he could typically take any star wide receiver in the league and regardless of that person's abilities or statistics and practically shut that player down single-handedly. Zook, besides, as I previously mentioned, uh, regularly drew double-team blocks, he nevertheless was still able to force his way into the offensive backfield to disrupt many running plays. He knew how to use his arms and his hands to obtain the leverage that he needed to move a blocker out of his way. And in a way, Zook was an artist. Uh, his ability to get through those blocks uh, enabled him to become the great defensive end that he really was. I, I've watched film on him, and I've seen him beat blockers on numerous occasions that he had no business in beating, but he did. Uh, the results of those plays are almost as good as a quarterback sack, in, in, in my opinion. Now, of the two, uh, Ken Riley stands to probably have one day a better chance of making the Hall of Fame, primarily because of his interception statistic. 65 interceptions in a career. And he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but Brian Dawkins has 31 interceptions, and he is going into Canton. So that's more than double the amount of interceptions of a Hall of Famer. Pretty incredible. Zook has the misfortune of dealing with the league's short-sightedness with his chance to get into the Hall of Fame. The NFL didn't recognize quarterback sacks as an official statistic until after Zook retired, and that's unfortunate. I don't think there's a, any reason why the league can't hire a group of people uh, to go back and go through all the play-by-play -play documents from the 1950s through the 1980s to give players like Zook a sack statistic that they could hang on their mantles. Some people have done that, and conjecture is that Zook had 76 sacks. Not bad, not, not bad at all. So in the end, these two great players died on June 7th, but both will be remembered by me quite a bit. I really wish both would be in the Hall of Fame because I feel they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Stands to reason now, stands to question anyway, what kind of people choose Hall of Fame selectees? What goes into their mindset when they say this guy was good enough to be in the Hall and this guy wasn't? Well, I have an idea that could um, really help matters out. I know it'll never be tried, but I think it's a good idea. Anybody that selects the Hall of Fame inductees should be required to take a pro football history test just to see how much they know about the history of the game. Highest score gets you a chance to make a vote for the Hall of Fame. If you can't score like by a 70 percentile or whatever, then they find somebody else. I think if we can put a man on the moon, then we can figure this out to make it more fair for people like Ken Riley and John Zook. Once again, Joe Zagorski signing off for the Pigskin Past, and I'll talk to you later on. Take care. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. 
You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.